PGATour.com wrote an article about uh, Bryson's work with us. Um, it was a year ago, February. Um, and in that article, he, he was quoted as saying, you know, there's a reason why I've won four times this year, and that's all I'm going to say about that. And welcome back to another Par Train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. In case you guys are just joining us, the Par Train uses golf as a platform to help you live a better life, or at least make it less frustrating than your golf game. Learn how to get better and achieve peak performance on and off the course from guests like PGA Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, coaches, and many more. You want to talk about peak performance. This episode is really the epitome of that. But before we get into the intro of what today's conversation is all about and how it'll help you, um, first, we just want to thank you guys for all the support. Uh, last week, we reached 100 episodes, and we've had an amazing week of giveaways on our Instagram at The Par Train. So if you're not following us in, on Instagram and Twitter, and even TikTok, at The Par Train, make sure you are so that you get access to these things uh, in the future. We always like to give you guys stuff and, and engage and, and have a good conversation to help you improve. We have to say thanks again to our great friends and sponsors over at Roback. If you guys haven't purchased Roback yet, make sure you hit the link in our show notes. It's also linked in all of our social channels um, in the link in bio now. And so for part train listeners only, you'll get 20% off anything and everything at Roback. Obviously, Q-Zip season is right around the corner. And guys, every time they get new stuff in, it sells out. So um, it's stretchy, it's breathable, and it looks good. Uh, so make sure you guys take advantage of this special 20% off offer that only the par train listeners get. Okay, so let's talk about how this episode can help you reach peak performance. So we had Andy Matthews on. Um, and Andy Matthews is from NeuroPeak Pro. He's their uh, director of golf performance, and he oversees all golf strategy and business development on the PGA Tour, Corn Ferry Tour, LPGA, et cetera, for NeuroPeak Pro. Uh, he has 10 years of experience as a pro golfer, including a, a worldwide win, um, while actually a NeuroPeak Pro client. Um, and so it's interesting that he won using NeuroPeak Pro, and then eventually now that his playing days are over, um, he's kind of heading up the tour operations there, which is pretty cool. We do a lot of mental game stuff on the par train to help you guys use your mindset to your advantage. But today is uh, a little bit even more of a, a layer deep than that. It, it's all driven through science and understanding the science of the brain, right? And how can you hack and do brain training to actually become better and, and perform at the best level that you possibly can. So I'll get right to the interview. There's a lot of amazing learnings in this episode. You definitely want to listen to the end. I learned that a lot of us even breathe incorrectly, which can have a huge impact on our, our brain activity and our performance. So as always, follow us on social at the par train subscribe and review the podcast it really helps and uh thanks again for 100 episodes guys we'll uh we'll see you next week this is andy welcome to the show thanks so much for joining us um before we talk the brain i want to ask you is michigan as pure as they say is it really pure michigan for all the golf fans itching to get out and take a trip it it really is. And it's ironic that you 
that you asked, I just got back from a trip to Northern Michigan. Unfortunately, didn't play any golf, but you know, Northern Michigan and Michigan in general is just such an awesome spot for, for golf. I, I think a lot of the, um, the golfers out there will recognize the name Crystal Downs. Um, you know, you've got Forest Dunes in the middle of the state. The Kingsley Club just south of Traverse City is one of my absolute favorites. You've got Arcadia Bluffs and the new South Course there. It's, it's, really, it's really spectacular. So anybody that's, that's looking for a buddy's trip, uh, definitely put Michigan on your radar. They say, people say that the air is different. Is that true? You know, it, I can't say I've heard people say that, but, you know, Northern Michigan, I mean, you've got the lakes, um, you know, the, there's always a really good breeze. I wouldn't say it's windy all of the time, but there's just a freshness to it that yeah. um, is, is tough to beat. Sweet. Well, I mean, I think we're all itching to get out and go somewhere. Um, seems like golf's the only thing we can really do right now. So um, pure Michigan. Hey, you heard it here first. It's as pure as they say. Uh, Andy, I, I want to start with, um, you know, it's interesting. I think people do cardio for heart health, right? I think mm -hmm. people are all into probiotics and the gut health um, right now meditation and things for mental health, but it's rare that people consider brain health. You know, mm -hmm. people don't talk about brain health. Um, why, why is that? And what do you think we're leaving on the table? I'd love to start there. Yeah, it's a really good question, Evan. And, you know, when you think about it, we've only got one of them. You know, yeah. our, our brain is, is what we've got. Um, you know, kind of similar to, to eyesight, if you will. Um, and there's just, there's been a lot of study, a lot of research around the brain, you know, um, tapping into unrealized potential. And, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of that research, research and science around it. But, you know, I think a lot of people over, overlook it, and especially if you throw the lens of, of golf on top of it, you know, sports psychology has been a part of the game, you know, for as long as, as we remember, you know, as the book started coming out in the right. early 90s, if you will. But you just look at the progression of, of golf, um, elite golf, and even players on the PGA Tour, you know, everybody was in the gym working on their body. Everybody's in front of their launch monitor, their track man, their flight scope, their GC quad, whatever it is they might be using to help optimize their equipment, their ball flight. Um, and a lot of players are really starting to see that the brain is that next, is that next step. We all know it's a game of inches, right? Yeah. And it's really, it's really difficult to find an edge, if you will, when everybody is doing the same thing. And so what is it that's out there that's available to you to help set yourself apart? And a lot of, a lot of our athletes, um, golf in particular, but we have athletes that we, that we work with in, in every major sports league that are really finding brain performance training and breathing to be that next big thing. Yeah. I mean, how is it different? 
I'm sure we'll talk about Bryson at some point. What is the difference between what golfers are looking for in gain versus other athletes? I think every golfer can relate to at some point being in the zone. Yep. And, you know, whether you're on the green and the, the hole looks like a bucket um, or your golf swing is just tuned that day where, I mean, fairways and greens is just, is just the norm. Yeah. And it's an often sought after, but never consistently found place. And I think with, with the brain performance training, we're able to put a little bit more structure around that and help individuals find that more, more often where instead of it's, it being this, this nebulous, I don't really know what I do to get in the zone or what were the precursors to it. When we start to take a brain-based approach to that, um, we, we can help identify that and help individuals get there more often. The difference between golf and, and other sports, you know, those of us that are immersed in golf know there's just some, I mean, inherent aspects of the game that, you know, you might be able to relate to a place kicker in football. Yeah. Um, or um, I think that's a skill position football player might be one of the, the most um, easy comparisons to draw. Yeah, um, pitching too. Pitching oh, in baseball absolutely. is similar yep. as well. It, absolutely. You know, yep. we, we have a number of pitchers that, that we work with as well. Goalies in hockey. Yeah. Um, those, those in where, interestingly, there's, there's that time in between shots, right? Yeah. And, what is it that we do between a golf shot when the, when the play is at the other end of the ice, when you're the pitcher on the mound and you're in between pitches, like what are you doing to be able to set yourself up to make that next best pitch or hit that next best golf shot that's, that's there? Interestingly, we, we often say too that the science behind peak performance doesn't change with sport. So almost turning the, the question kind of back around, there's actually more similarities than differences between peak athletic performance or even just peak performance away from the athletic arena, whether it be in the classroom, in the boardroom, hmm. you know, in our home offices where we're trying to get the most, we, the most done we can being as disconnected as we have been. Interesting. Yeah, I was. I read a quote uh, from you actually, and it said, uh, "You know, you hook yourself up to a computer, you check your brain waves, heart rate, and breathing." And you said, "Quote: I'm playing the best golf of my life." We never like to ask, you know, the expected questions. We like to ask deeper questions, but I do think it's important for people that don't know what NeuroPeak Pro is for you to give them a little bit of context of, okay, you you keep saying brain performance, right? What does that mean? What is actually the process and how do people improve from doing it? Yeah, and where, where I like to start with that is saying, we have the tools and the technology, we use um, EEG technology to help measure electrical activity of the brain. And we know what the brain looks like when it's performing at its best. Hmm. Um, for me in particular, and when, when, which preceded me saying, I'm now playing some of the best golf of my life, 
was an evaluation to just find out where where my brain was like what were my my patterns did i have a tendency for losing focus or getting a little bit too stressed and for me it was much more on that that too stressed side of things i've always been a very orderly often perfectionistic individual mm-hmm. and through the evaluation process that i went through as a client over 10 years ago with NeuroPeak Pro, we were able to identify what were those hotspots that were either underworking or in my case, overworking that were getting in the way of me playing at my, at my very best. And they said too, I, I always come back to this and I share it with a lot of our, our golfers. And it was like, you know, you've done a lot of really great things in the game but you've done it with a monkey on your back. You, you found a way to navigate through some of the, some of the muck that, that often gets the way of us playing and performing at our best. And we said, you know what, that's what we're going to target. We're going we're gonna to take a focused effort to retrain that area of the brain that we think is getting in the way. And lo and behold, when we started to, I started playing the best golf that I did. So for us, it always starts with an initial evaluation. It's, you know, you're not going to walk into a doctor's office and just say, hey, you know what, my knee hurts. And they're going to prescribe something for it. They're going to go through a series of tests, maybe an MRI, whatever, whatever it might be. You're not going to go to your, your strength coach and or flexibility specialist and say, hey, make me better. Well, they need to find out where you are first. To right. be able to figure out where we can take you and that's always the first step for all of our clients as we work through an evaluation that looks at the brain individually but then also looks at the breathing too and how is your body oxygenating itself are you breathing in a way that helps support the nervous system that can then ultimately support the brain and once we have all of that data we can then design a training protocol for you individually and allow over the course of our kind of 90-day training program uh, start to address some of those inefficiencies. Yeah, interesting. I mean, just so the listeners know, I actually went through the training program. I mean, guys, I'm such a good host. I do the research beforehand. You know, I wanted to give you guys the inside look. But uh, the interesting, it's cool, first of all, because you know, I don't know if it was like this before or if it's like this because of COVID now, but, you know, I got everything in a kit that was mailed to mm-hmm. me. Um, you get like this sticky stuff to make sure it sticks in the top of your head and you do it in three different places to measure your brain activity. And you're walked through, you know, with a, a brain, you know, NeuroPeak Pro specialist. And mm-hmm. so I went through it. And um, for me, I, it said, you know, the one thing I was trying to solve because I've done, I've meditated for years. I do yoga and I've done mental and stress training, you know, for 15 years. Um, so I, I felt like mine would be in pretty good shape. But the one thing I was trying to solve for, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, is brain fog. Some days you just, you know, you're not, it's harder to focus. Some days you feel a little bit more lethargic. And I always tried to pinpoint, okay, did I eat something specific? Was it my sleep, right? Is it my exercise choice in the morning or lack thereof? 
Um, but what my specialist told me was, is that my theta waves were a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, selfishly, I want to know, but then also for people that experience these uh, symptoms, I'm curious what that says to you. Like I get the, I understand the training um, and the evaluation process, but I don't fully understand then how you take that piece of feedback and improve and train on it, right? And, and get better. Yeah. And, and that's where the, that initial evaluation is so important because um, what our brain performance coach was able to help identify with you, you talk about those theta waves. Those are, those are some slower brain waves, uh, a little bit faster than the delta waves, which are uh, most associated with sleep. And so if you have an abundance of those theta waves, the brain is just having a hard time getting into gear. So Mm -hmm. you use the word brain fog, and we can talk about it and describe it a number of different ways, but there's just with too much of that theta activity, the brain has a hard time staying engaged with whatever it is in front of it. It's it's checking out too often. Mm -hmm. Um, On the flip side, which can also be a case as, as, as some brain fog is the, the brain just running too fast. Those are some of those, those beta waves, those fast high beta waves, and those can get in, in, in the way too. Once we know what your brain profile looks like, just as we, as we did with you, Evan, was then we can pinpoint that. So we did pinpoint it. And this is where the really passive, um, almost hard to get your head around aspect of brain training comes in. You think you've got to start to play all these, these tricks and, you know, neurological um, games with yourself, but actually you are playing a game or watching a movie. And the way that it works is when your brain kind of spikes and shows that um, abundance of theta activity that we don't want, we take the reward In this case, you were probably watching something on YouTube. Um, We take that reward away. So actually what happens is the screen gets dark or the volume goes down and the brain takes that as a little bit of a no. And over time, when the brain gets that level of feedback at the same exact point every time, it starts to go, well, wait a minute. I don't really know exactly why or what I did to to have that reward take it away, but it's happening at the same exact time, I'm going to try not to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And over time, with the brain being the best pattern recognition device that there is, it learns and it changes and it makes new neural pathways. And essentially, we're leveraging the brain's ability to learn. It's just like making a swing change, if, if you will. I need right. to tell you where you are first in order to, to say where we're going. And if you throw a training rate out there and if you get a little bit too outside, a little bit too inside, you hit the noodle. Happens at the same point every time. Over time, you're going to start to figure out what you need to do to get that positive reinforcement each time. And so at the, it's operant conditioning at the very simplest level. And so take ourselves back to when we were kids. And we were standing at the window and we saw a car drive by and we said, hey, that's a car. 
and our parents, our brother, our sister, whoever was around us was like, yeah, good job. That, that's a car. And so every time a car drove by, you were like, car, car, car. And then a truck drove by. You got so excited that everything that drove by was a, was a car. You pointed at that truck and said car. And everybody was like, nope, that's not a car. That's a truck. So you, your brain gets a little bit of feedback. And over time, you figured out what a car is and what a truck is. The same science applies to how we retrain the brain. We're just able to do it at a neurological level using a brain brain training headset that Bluetooth to your phone. Yep. Interesting. So then help me understand how you even get to a place where you have overactive beta or over overactive theta waves. Is that is that just your DNA and your, your makeup? Does that change over? I'm sure it changes over time based on experiences and different sure. things. But I, I guess I'm trying to understand, not to necessarily go into like, you know, a brain physiology class, but I, I am curious more high level of like, is this my brain's way of coping with something? Is Why would some, you know, brains be overactive in certain areas? Yeah, that's a, it's a really good question. Where we would draw back to is our bodies, literally in our DNA, as you suggested, our body's fight or flight response. Yeah. When our body is in a threatened state or a perceived threat, um, you take it back to the um, the caveman days of being yeah. chased by a saber toothed tiger. Our body's going to react, and we want it to react really, really fast to be able to navigate and escape that literal life or death situation. While that was really helpful and necessary then, you know, the meeting with the boss tomorrow, the first tee on Saturday morning with your buddies, or in the case of some of our, of our PGA Tour players, you know, a putt to win a PGA Tour event, a, a million and a half dollars, you know, that's not a life or death situation but our body perceives it that way. Yeah. And with that kind of continual stimulation of that sympathetic fight or flight response in our body, we can kind of just get wound a little bit tighter and tighter over time. And it's just kind of the, the, the natural progression. But the cool thing is, you know, the brain that we have today doesn't have to be the brain that we have tomorrow because of what's available to us these days. So yeah, it is, um, it is in our DNA and that response is helpful, but that response isn't helpful when we're sitting in traffic. Totally. Yeah. That hits on the sympathetic and parasympathetic mm -hmm. nervous system, right? One is fight or flight stress and the other is calm. You mentioned PGA tour pros. I'm sure most of the listeners here are itching to hear about examples. Let's start with the obvious one. Um, you guys work with Bryson and um, he's obviously very analytical in every part mm -hmm. of his game. I'm curious how you guys met each other, how it came to be, what his approach has been, how it's helped him. I just love to get the full context on that. Yeah. And, you know, and I'll, I'll share as much as I, as I can, obviously yeah. there's, there's some uh, client neuropeak privilege there, sure. but you know, the timing, um, we started working with Bryson, um, 
late summer, fall of 2018. Um, no, no secrets, a lot, of, a lot of golf fans may remember a bit of a disingenuous handshake that, that Bryson had overseas when um, he didn't finish the tournament off that he had a, a lead going into to Sunday. And through um, some, some connections, we actually work with his, his physio and that's how the, the initial connection happened. So we started working with Bryson about four weeks before the FedEx Cup in 2018. And if you look back at Bryson's record, that was the year he went and won the first two FedEx Cup events that year. He didn't win the FedEx Cup, but yeah. you look at his, his world ranking trend, he was kind of sitting around 50, give or take. And then it was that, that fall when he jumped into the, the top 10 and kind of where he's, where he's found himself now and you know with with all of our clients it's it's always a a unique approach and we're we pride ourselves in in that being one of our core values is the individualistic approach to it we're not just gonna we're not just gonna lay a, a calmness protocol on somebody who's a little bit too amped up or right um you know the other way around we need to find out where they are but Bryson, as, as much as anybody, has, has really put the time in to understand and, and, and frankly, retrain his brain to, to line up with what his goals are across golf. We all know the physical transformation that he's gone through. What has kind of laid in, in the weeds, if you will, kind of behind the scenes is the work that he does to train his brain. Step where I said kind of the outset, you know, you've got the equipment, you've got the time in the gym, what's next? And Bryson's found this to be this be super helpful. And um, PJTour.com wrote an article about uh, Bryson's work with us. Um, it was a year ago, February. Um, and in that article, he, he was quoted as saying, you know, there's a reason why I've won four times this year. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> and we're fortunate that Bryson did say that about our work with us, but there's, there's 18 other PGA Tour players that we've worked with and, and had as clients that you haven't heard about. And the reason is because they, they find what they do with us in terms of the breathing training, the breathing coaching that we do along the way, and then obviously the brain training as such a competitive advantage that they don't want other guys that they're playing against on the weekend to know about it or have or have access to it. Sure. Yeah, it's just interesting to me um, because, you know, on this podcast, we're really all about the mental game mm -hmm. and how, you know, what you learn on the course translates to your life. I've had multiple friends and listeners um, DM us, email us and say you know they immediately do something on the course it's why i love the game so much is you get immediate feedback right you do something yeah. on the course and then you can see how it translates when you're off of it i know you've worked with bob rotella um mm -hmm. i know you played professionally for 10 years and so i'm, I'm just curious to, some people might be wondering because the mental game is so popular of a topic on this show the differences right of 
mental coaching and sports psychology mixed with the brain training and breathing training. Obviously yeah. they all go together, but I'm just curious if you could, you know, help people understand the complement complement of them, the differences. Yeah. Yeah. And and they do and they do complement. And one of the analogies that I that I often use, like you you said, I I worked with with Bob Rotella and you know there's a lot of, of a lot of great practices and um, um, procedures and protocols and, and thought processes that that Doc um, encourages his players to use as well. And I think one of them that always went back to to me was Andy. We need to find a way for you to get out of your own way. You're, yeah. you're overthinking of it. Yeah. And. It, it came to the point where I was doing all of the right things on and off the golf course, I had a great swing coach, obviously working with one of the best sports psychologists in the game, had my equipment dialed in, time in the gym, you name it, right? Yeah. And it got to the point where I was like, you know what? I know that I need to get out of my own way, but I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And when I started to get introduced to NeuroPeak Pro, one of the analogies that was shared with me, and I think the listeners will will kind of resonate with it's you can have the best software the best sports psychologist the best approach to the game but if your brain or your nervous system is not in a spot to be able to implement that or employ that it's like pushing the boulder uphill Mm. so using the software hardware analogy it'd be like trying to install ios 14 that just came out last week on the initial iPhone. It's just not going to run. The hardware can't support what the software is trying to do. So the complementary aspect of it is allowing us to help a client dial that in, tune it in, start to put a little bit of structure, a little bit of concept of literally what's going on in those, you know, six inches between the ears that can not only help the sports psychologist or the mental performance coach um, train and speak to their, their client in maybe a little bit different, different way, all the while we're starting to improve that, that hardware. So I always say what we don't do is sports psychology. There are, you know, those that are in the game and around the game that are, that are, that is their sweet spot. And, and our sweet spot is, is helping individuals understand and optimize their brains for peak performance. So it's, it's like I said, it's very complimentary and it's also complimentary too for, for swing instructors. If you and I were, were working there, Evan, and you know, I'm, I'm trying to get you into a, a different position in, in your golf swing. And like you said, you're, you had those theta waves that are a little bit little bit elevated and the brain was starting to, to check out maybe a little bit more than it should, mm-hmm. it's going to take us a little bit more time to get that message to where it needs to be so that it can, it can really resonate with you and we can ultimately implement that, that physical change in how we approach the game or how we approach a golf swing. But until we know where the brain is or have a, a chance to optimize that brain, it's, um, it's like swimming swimming upstream what we want to be able to do is is allow the 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 brain to to flow literally that you know that's often used a lot but you know kind of flow in the right direction and just allow us to 
to be part of it. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I've seen it firsthand where, you know, people live their whole lives by in a reactive way, right? I've got an attack, a threat, I react, I have fight or flight, and then I spend the rest of the day trying to recover from the threat, right? And it's a whole day of that. And so for me, I probably did this without even realizing it, but when I was 17, I went on a, my buddy helped me, it's just a mental diet, right? It's kind of like the Zen golf concept of um, tallying every time you have a negative thought. Pretty soon you start to catch yourself as your awareness goes up, you can start to replace those thoughts and then you can start to become the observer instead of the reactor. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that, I think that's a way to rewire your brain mixed with meditation and breathing and things, but that, you know, that takes a little time. Um, so would you say your system is almost a way to fast track that process mixed with the mental work that you also do? Yeah, so one of, one of the, the quickest, um, most impactful parts of the NeuroPeak Pro training that we do, and I think if you were to ask every PGA Tour player, Corn Ferry Tour player that we work with, what has been the, the biggest change out of the gate? And it's a lot of breathing coaching. Um, I, a lot of people, I think without having an awareness, you use that, the word awareness of how they're breathing. Yeah. I would wager to say most listeners are probably breathing around 15 breaths a minute. And it's probably really high in, in the chest and we're not, yeah. we're not really getting that, that air down into the diaphragm where the lungs have a chance to work the way that they were designed to. So literally the first two to three weeks of our work with a with a professional athlete is focused on breathing and where they may be breathing at about 15 breaths a minute science shows and we can show the client in real time the effects that 15 breaths a minute has on the body versus the optimal six breaths a minute give give or take and how the body reacts to that we can show an individual with proper breathing, both rate and the overall structure of it, that we can move the body out of that fight or flight state into a more calm, creative, focused state that's optimal for performance. You talked about meditation, you know, mindfulness, yoga. Every one of those practices has a, is, is rooted in breath work, Right. And so if we can start to send the signal to the entire body that we're not in this fight or flight state because we're breathing deeper and at a slower rate, that in itself sends a whole signal to the body that, hey, we can be where our feet are. We don't have to think about (laughs) that shot that's coming up on on three or what are my buddies going to think when I'm standing over this six footer to win the $2 NASA. Whatever, whatever it might be, by allowing the breath to control the, the nervous system, um, we can really move the body into a positive direction. And so that's the really impactful out of the gate, and we can show it. We, you, you look at a track man or flight scope or whatever, whatever it might be, and you can look at it and say, when I do this, that's what my ball flight does. 
how does that compare to my, my physiology and my nervous system? When I breathe really fast and shallow, what happens to my body? Yeah. I can tell you it's not good. Yeah. But when we slow it down and we add some structure around it, the, the benefits are really, really powerful to the point where we've got 10 or 12 players in the field um, this week. Um, every single one of them will do 10 or 15 minutes of breathing before they go to the golf course. Yep. And that's to be able to hit that reset button, to get that their body into a sweet spot where they know that it's going to put themselves in the best place to perform on the golf course. And then where some of the secret sauce comes in that we might have to, to save for another time is what then can you do on the golf course to be able to support yourself while you're out there? Um, right. There are some things that, that we coach our, our players on. And, um, you know, like I said, they, they keep it pretty close to the vest as yeah. do we until, until they lift the lid. I mean, I know this is going kind of deep, but it's just amazing to me that, you know, the, the cliche thing to say is you have everything you need, right? It's kind of mind blowing to think that the thing we take for granted the most, you know, our breath, when you actually consciously do it it can change the way that your entire body works, right? Mm -hmm. And so for anyone struggling with anxiety, breath work is really yeah. the best thing that you can do. Um, but I'm just curious, Andy, before, I know we're gonna get you out of here in, in a little bit here, um, it would be silly of me to not dig in a little bit deeper about your work with Bob Bertella, just because I'm so passionate about the mental game and I want to hear more about you as a player, right? I, sure. I know you, you had one win. I'd love to hear about maybe what was different that, that week, but then also what was, what really stood out to you with working with Bob Bertella? What was the main thing? How did you try and get out of your own way? Yeah, really, really good question. I, I still remember I, I was, I was in Dr. Bob's basement at, at their home in Charlottesville and Ironically, the timing just happened to be, it was between my freshman and sophomore year. Um, I was playing at the University of Michigan. And earlier that August, I qualified for my first PGA Tour event as an amateur. It was the Buick Open up at Warwick Hills in, in Grand Blanc. Mm -hmm. And there, there were two things that really stood out. The first one is that Doc said, you know what, these guys on the PGA Tour, they're just guys. They're just really good at what they do. And I think if you look at that across, it was obvious, it was simple, but it was, you know, they put the time in to be able to excel at what they want to excel at. And the next thing that we did is we kind of ran through my first round at the Buick Open. I think I shot 75, which I would still remember on the first tee, shaking like a leaf. Didn't have any neuropeak training at the time. And this was 10 years prior to me being introduced to yeah. um, the neuropeak pro. But we just kind of went through my, my round. And he's like, you know what? If you were to maybe get up and down a, a few more times and um, be a little bit better with your wedges, Instead of shooting 75, you would have shot 68 and you would have been top 10 after the first round. And 
while I know a lot of swing coaches and obviously there's statistical analyses that are going on with all the shot length data and this, that to help identify that through shots gained, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the first things that he did was help reinforce for me that I had the talent to compete. And we just needed to start to change the way that I approached the game. And it really set the foundation for me to ultimately implement with the help of NeuroPeak, some of that, you know, kind of slow things down, be super committed to, to your routine and allow all of that training that you do. We actually said my, during an off week, my nine to five, is going to be practice. And that when we got on the golf course, it was time to go and have fun. And, you know, that was, and it, it very much resonated with me on how, how we were gonna approach it. And it brings me back to the, to the NeuroPeak side a little bit. It was like, I knew exactly what I needed to do. We had the plan in place. And I was implementing it at the very, in the very best way that I knew how, but it got to the point where the effort that I was putting in across all aspects of my game wasn't commensurate with, um, wasn't commensurate with the results that, that I felt that I deserved, if you will, based on, on that effort. So, mm. um, you know, Dr. Bob was absolutely fantastic. Um, we we run into each other um, now and again on on the PGA Tour when when I'm out there with our with our clients. But then you asked too, like what what was different about that week in in which I I won? It was the Mexican PGA Championship, um, ironically on Canadian Tour. So <laughs> Canadian Tour, the the time always snuck down south of the border for a few weeks. Um, what a lot of people don't know is that same event the year before I got beat in a playoff. And so I had a great week there the week before, but wasn't fully, wasn't fully comfortable at, on the golf course. Like I was, I mean, and everybody can relate. I mean, my my palms were sweaty. My heart rate was high, you know, standing over a couple of putts coming down the stretch. There's a little, you know, my hands were shaking, like all of that stuff that we know or may hear about that happens or can even relate to. Um, I mean, it was in, it was in full, full effect. And so for me, the dif the difference between those, those two events, the, um, I ended up bogeying the last hole to get into a playoff and lost that I, that I finished second and then was able to come back the next year with a lot of good memories, but there was still that little bit of what if it happens yeah. again. And literally, Evan, I, I swear to you, all I did was breathe. I mean, it was, it was, the, it was the most productive thing that I could think to do in the moment, but also having the knowledge that I then did about the effects breathing had on it. Like I wasn't thinking about golf swing, you know, at that point, your pre-shot routine is so automatic. It's like, I just need to make sure that I'm breathing to try and let my body know this is not that life or death situation that you might think it is. Yeah. And at the time, you know, 
I'm, I'm still grinding my way through the, the ranks of the developmental tours and, you know, the, the $20,000 check or $25,000 check, whatever it was. I mean, that was a, that was a big deal and um, certainly supported, supported my career for, for a bit longer. We're not training someone to not be nervous. We're, we're giving them the tools and the awareness to be able to handle that and manage that. You, you hear everybody say, you know, if you're, you stand on the first tee of a tournament and you're not nervous, well, you know, you should go do something else because it doesn't mean anything to you. Right. You know, if there's not a little bit of that adrenaline rush or that excitement of being on the first tee in, in an event, whatever that event might be, um, but there's ways that you can handle yourself and manage yourself that is going to allow you to perform a lot better than you may have otherwise. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Andy, you'd probably love our episode 98, I believe it was, with Stephen Yellen. He's a fluid motion factor coach. Um, And so we talk a lot about this there of, it's interesting, the parallels, right? Um, Am I breaking up for you right now? I've got you right now. Okay. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to the simple fact that everybody has doubts. Everybody wants to be reassured that they're good enough, right? Whether you're on the tour or whether you are playing with people you haven't played before or want to impress your friends or your boss or whoever. Um, And the fact that you have the tools to handle it, you know, I think the other quick thing before we let you go is the, um, I've noticed you, you made a point about professionals and how they're really good at what they do. I think the the interesting thing about that is that it's not just that they're good golfers. It's that they ask the right questions of what do I want to accomplish and what can I do to get there? And I find that most people, if they're dissatisfied with where they are in life or in their jobs or their golf game, a lot of times it's simply because they're focusing too much on what they're dissatisfied in and they don't actually take the time to think about what they want and how they want to get there and really be really deliberate and laser focused on what they're trying to do. And professional athletes, I think are the, one of the greatest examples of that. You hear it all the time about a veteran versus a rookie. They talk about learning to be a professional. And so I think that's one thing maybe we can leave people with is, you know, maybe starting to think about what exactly do you want to improve, right? And then think about how to get there and then do those things every day. You know, it's a little bit of that, that compound effect, if you will. It's like, what are, what are the little things that over time that I can do that when I look back in three weeks or six weeks or a year, whatever it might be, that those little, those, just those little bit habit changes and actually, I like to, the way that I like to frame them is introducing something new before you take something away. So mm-hmm. it's like if we wanted to make a change to your nutrition, you know what? Just start eating a few more fruits and vegetables and maybe add a bottle of water in instead of a soft drink. And that over time, we can start to introduce new things instead of having the initial negative connotation of taking something away out of, out of the gate. And yeah. what I think that allows... Um, people to do just in general is start to feel the effects of what that positive change will be to the point where that in itself is just going to push out some of the 
the the bad habits or or whatever it it might be. And you you bring up a really good point that you know I, I we love the game of golf and you know it's it's so unique, it's so unre unrepeatable, and you know we we spend our our lives in some way, shape, or form trying to trying to master the the game that we know is imperfect. Um, and we're, we're going to do that with investing in it however we want to, whether it's a mental performance training, a new club fitting, wh whatever it might be, we're, we're all kind of in some way, shape or form willing to invest in that. Yeah. And what we've seen from PGA Tour, you know, down, down the line is that golf has been very much the hook. Like, all right, if I'm going to, I want to get better at my, at my golf game, I'm going to, I'm going to start to do this, whatever that, where that might be. As it related to relates to NeuroPeak Pro, we have clients now that said, I'm, I literally had a client tell me this three weeks ago. I'm no longer training with NeuroPeak Pro to be better at golf. I'm training be, to be better at life because they've found that what they've implemented on the golf course with brain training, with breathing, with how they're managing sleep and blue light exposure and all these other aspects that we can we can start to start to introduce, it's had a really positive spillover effect into their into their day to day lives. So that all of a sudden they're sleeping better. You know they've got a little bit more patience for the things that may have irked them irked them before. So yes, golf's the hook, and you know we want to help our clients become the best they can on the golf course. But when you look at it from the bottom line, it's how can we help individuals be better, period. Like if it is golf, great. But if we can help someone be more present in the classroom, feel better under pressure when they're given a presentation or taking an exam, whatever that might be, if we can help somebody move that needle in a positive direction, we win. Love it. Well, Andy, thanks so much for coming on. This was great. Um, is there a specific place you want to send people to find you or learn more um, to learn about this? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having, having me on. This is, this has been cool. And I always appreciate sharing um, what we do. Um, if, if anyone's interested in, in learning more, uh, head to neuropeakpro.com. You can find us on social as well. We're at neuropeakpro. Um, happy to answer any questions hit us up and uh we'll we'll see how we're even if it makes sense for for someone that may have an inkling in, in brain training or some of the breath work that we do awesome well uh thanks so much hopefully at some point i can get out to michigan and and experience pure michigan um but thanks so much for putting me through the evaluation i thought it was really helpful in prep for this conversation and learning yeah. about my brain performance. And so definitely go check it out, guys. All right, Andy, be well, stay healthy and uh, take care. You too. Thanks, Evan. Yeah.